But the thing is, the helmet has to match your riding style. So, like... I thought you were going to say it has to match your, your kit. It does have to match your kit, too. <laughs> and your bike. And Sorry. Your What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of... Coaches on couches. Bing slouches. I was told not to slouch as much. Yeah, I told you to sit up mm-hmm. so you can make me look uh, taller. <clears throat> so today, we're going to talk about... We get asked this question quite a bit, actually, mm-hmm. especially as as a bike fitter. I get asked, you know, should I just get a new bike? Yep. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, the upgrades that you should make prior to just biting the bullet and getting a new bike. So whether to upgrade or just buy the new bike. Mm-hmm. And in some situations, these might be upgrades you would also make to a new bike. Possibly. Depending on where you're at. So obviously there's a lot of variables here. We'll, we'll chat about those. Um, we also, uh, I'm also going to go over just, just real quick, uh, like early on, we're going to go over if you're heading to Cleveland for the USA Triathlon National Championships, I wanted to just take a second to go over some quick changes to the course, um, you know, as compared to last year. Yep. Um, so yeah, we'll, we did a big rundown in a previous uh, episode. Yep. Uh, we don't remember which one it was. It's but. early, one of the early episodes because this is pretty much a year for us. Yeah. Doing the podcast, so uh, we're on number fifty. This is technically number fifty. So uh, we'll get to it. So I'm Coach Dale Sanford. I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our Five Pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last decade through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels, from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, or all up on the Instagram at BPC Performance, and we will admit we're not we're not stellar at posting to social media. We're not we're not the worst. Not the worst. We're not the best either. All right, so we'll get to the topics. Say topics of the day, but first, shout outs. Shout outs. All right, I'll start. Uh, we just got the right pronunciation here, Cliff. Abelis, I think that's how you say it, uh, knocked out his first half iron last weekend in Ohio, Delaware, Ohio, which is weird. It's uh, close to Columbus. So first half iron and did it in under six hours. And probably some of the best finish line video oh, and pictures I've seen. That's what like it's all about, really, you know? Getting the long course stuff, it's a challenge to get through races like this. And just the, yeah. the joy and excitement of making it through and having a good time to boot for his first ever uh, race. Um, I mean, that's that's really what it's about. Cliff is uh, an, kind of like an ideal athlete to coach because he just he really enjoys the process mm-hmm. and trusts what we're putting him through, communicates well, does the work. And that's when you get finishes like that, mm-hmm. where, where you're, you know, have the juice to kick it up at the end and, you know, yep. jump around and, and 
I told him don't waste your finish line photo. So that was oh, part exactly. of it. Part exactly. Of it. After the jump was the cramp. Yeah, <laughs> he did not cramp. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, so Liz Hall, who we mentioned quite a bit, uh-huh. is uh, I I think I mentioned I think I said maybe a week or two ago when she hit her f- fastest ever mile mm-hmm. that there was a 5K PR coming. Yep. And it happened last weekend. Bam. So called it. Excellent. 5K P personal best uh, at the last uh, road race series 5K. So excellent. Uh, Lee Reston, also a regular on the shout-outs, uh, went over to Cookville and Sparta, Tennessee. It was the Tennessee State Road Race. Uh, she missed the the state jersey by one second, but she took a late flyer, so K out. She uh, she risked it, and they, they caught her. So a group of three or four caught her like just before the line. She tried to sprint, uh, but obviously after you've gone all in, it's tough to do that. Yeah. And uh, so she ended up second. Uh, in the Cat 3s. Um, she then went on to win the Cat 3 time trial that afternoon, which had a hill that uh, I heard people, like some people were walking the hill on it. That's, it was like that's a steep one. 10.5% kicked up to 13 plus uh, at mile 4.5. So legs are loaded up. If you didn't know that hill was coming, that could have been bad news. Yeah. Bad news bears. But first in the TT. Nice. And then the next day, Cookville Crit, she was fourth overall in the women's 1 2 3 race. So nice. I've got one more. Can't forget uh, Rich Wu. There we go, Richie. Over at the uh, the Rogers, I believe it's the Rogers Cycling Classic, Northwest, mm-hmm. Ar- yep. Northwest Arkansas. Um, so it's basically um, two. He did he doubled up in the crit, so he did the the four or five race and the Masters race. Okay. Um, so and then the road race on Sunday. So he ended up um, third in one race, third in one crit, second in another, and second in the road race. So pretty good, pretty solid weekend for Rich. We Excellent. we we knew that the fitness fitness has been there. It's a more of a mental thing for him, and putting it together on race And so day, yeah. we're trying a few new tactics, and they seem to be working. So Excellent. Good on you. Cool. Uh, quick good luck to uh, to those doing the River Bluff try this weekend. That's Ashland City. That's uh, close to Nashville, but um, our buddy Joe Fleener at Above the Fold does some great events and. He's putting on that one, and the coolest thing about the sprint and the Olympic distance is the overall champions get like full-on wrestling belts. Yeah. Whoa. They're legit. Whoa. It's like a legit wrestling belt. I'm gonna. I'm going after it someday. Nice. It's a little too. It was a little too close to nationals to do it, but man. But it's, it's that a, almost rivals the rooster uh, yeah. necklaces, <laughs> the chicken necklaces we made that year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's one of the coolest awards I've ever seen. So cool. All right. Uh, last note, long course training camp. Don't miss it. Uh, more information at buildpeakcompete slash or dot com slash tri camp. And uh, that'll be September 6th to the 8th. Come get a bunch of volume in and prepare yourself for those late season half and full Ironman uh, races. All right. So, real quick on the Cleveland course. So, this year, uh, race was in Cleveland last year. Uh, Nationals is going back to Milwaukee for the next two years. But back in Cleveland this year, they've made a few changes to the course, uh, improvements, I would say. Um, one, there's a, there's a few more shuttles for parking. Parking was a little weird last year. You can pre- prepay parking, but um, you're still going to park at First Energy Stadium and then get a shuttle over. Or you can park downtown at the Hilton, near the Hilton, and get a shuttle at, from the Hilton to the, to the park. My secret 
if you're listening, my secret for parking strategy is to park on the west end of Edgewater Park off the road there. And you can park on the side of the road and then walk in and then you can get in and out whenever you want and traffic's not bad. So there's your secret. If you're listening, you know where to park now. Bam. Um, so course, as far as the uh, like Olympic course, same swim course, but they're adding more sighting buoys, which is great. Hopefully it's not as long as it was last year. I think some of the buoys got moved around. It was pretty long. Um, but more sighting buoys. Bike course, um, they've actually finished the construction that was going on last year. So the bike course is a little more open, a little smoother pavement. Um, but it's still going to have the grindy hills and, and the two 180s and, and stuff like that. So it's not the fastest bike course in the world. Um, but it should be slightly faster than last year based on the road improvements. So that's, that's going to be nice. And then the run course, they've changed to a one loop course. It was a dual loop of the 5k course, okay. um, but they've changed it to a one lap course, which technically should make it slightly less hilly, um, because you're actually going to go, um, east out of the park and head down the, um, the, uh, the shoreway there and then do a 180 and come back and then head you know, uh, the other way on the shoreway. And so it's taken out some of the windiness inside Edgewater Park and it's taken out uh, the double uh, gradual hill at the start. Um, but you're still going to hit that stupid wall hill that they send you down into this parking lot. And it's probably a 18, 20% grade down into this parking lot. You do a loop around the parking lot and then you have to come back up out of it. It's really mean, actually. I mean, the hill's oh, only probably like 100 yards long. But it's steep and it's just like poorly placed in the when you're hurting the worst. Yeah. I mean, but just know once you get up out of that hill, it's flat downhill for the rest of the course. I mean, the finish is downhill, so it's fantastic. But but so they they change it to a one lap course. So that's great. Sprint course. Hopefully, we actually get to swim this year. Last year's swim got canceled. So uh, again, they're adding more sighting buoys. 750 meter swim. Uh, the bike course is the exact same. You're going to get two 180s in it. Again, road improvements will probably improve the bike a little bit. Um, and then the run has changed a bit. So last year we didn't actually get to do the whole 5K course because they cut it down to a duathlon. But um, you are going to do the same out as far as the Olympic. You're going to run out onto the shoreway. And then you're going to go, um, I, guess it's, I guess it's east uh, on the shoreway. And then kind of run through a couple of the neighborhoods at the, uh, or sorry, West, you're going to run, run West, West end of the West end of the park and then back into the park. And again, it takes out some of the bobbing and weaving that you did on the park paths, uh, which would probably speed up the course a little bit, but you're still going to get the, that wall that hill, wall. um, on the course. So That's nice of them to include it in both. Both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But just again, know that once you're up out of that, parking lot it's flat to downhill from there so that's pretty much uh that's pretty much the course changes i mean so cool if you want more detailed go back to the one of the early episodes and check out that recap from last year's nationals and i kind of go over the course a little bit more excellent all, all right. right let's let's jump into it diving into the to the true topic of today so um when to upgrade your bike or equipment and when to just bite the bullet and and buy a new bike um, what we're going to assume here is that your main goal is better performance 
uh, whether faster that times. Fa yeah, yeah, faster times, uh, you know, something like that. Um, we're not just assuming that you're just Jones and hard for a new bike, in which case. Because what do we say in that regard, Dale? N plus one, baby. N plus one. For those who aren't familiar, N plus one. N is the number of bikes you currently have. Yes. Plus one equals the number of bikes you should own. Yeah. So you should always have one more. So if you're just kind of like, if you're just looking for an excuse to buy a new bike, just get a new one. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can afford it and it's just get a new one, mm -hmm. uh, new bike day is like the best day of the week. Mm -hmm. So, and start considering what's like, what is the, what is your current setup? What is limiting you the most? Yeah. You know, is it a weight factor? Are you on something from the, you know, 1980s and down tube shifters where it's yeah. a 40 pound bike and you can now upgrade to a frame that, you know, weighs what a pound or two tops. Yep. Um, and you can have a bike that's, you know, 15 pounds. Uh, that's, that's going to be a huge performance gain. Yeah. You kind of have to look at, yeah, the main things on the bike or about your equipment yeah. that you can change and then kind of you know, do some number crunching and see how much money that you'd actually spend versus just getting a new bike that might cost a little bit more, but in the long run, it's going to last you, exactly. you know, a few more years. So, and, and once you start piecing stuff out, you get a better deal yeah. on a new bike Yeah. versus I'm going to upgrade my whole group set. Yeah. And I'm going to upgrade my wheels and I'm going to upgrade my bars and yeah. my stem and my saddle i mean if you if you're going to be upgrading a lot of stuff looking at a new bike generally it's going to be a, a cheaper overall cost yep. by upgrading to a new bike so one thing you know we are you know as the as the shameless plug one thing you can always say is upgrade your training you know if your bike is a shameless plug hey here's the here's the quote that i've been wanting to use there you go i'm, I'm setting you up <laughs> old, old greg lamond quoted as saying don't buy upgrades, ride upgrades. There you go. I've been waiting to use that for a while. <laughs> He's been sitting on that Get, one. Like ride up mountains. Yeah. Train. Get so fitness. You can increase your fitness. The and engine. generally that is a that's gonna get you those times that you're looking for. Um, but we know again, it goes back to how hard you're jonesing for new stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um so, one thing I like a personal experience here, before I upgraded to like an actual time trial specific bike i was like i want to get to the point where it's act the the seconds gained would be a, a actual difference you know i want to be close enough to the to winning races that by making that jump would be yeah. the difference in me winning versus me getting you know third fourth fifth yeah that's a good point i mean Realistically, that was me. That yeah. was like for me mentally like that was my point for, for your the, point may be different well for the for the cost-conscious person person mm -hmm. that should probably be your yes your take is make sure you're getting as close to like uh a, like a win or a you know the age group placing that you're looking for or the overall placing that you're looking for and you and you know that the difference between you and the people that you're racing could be aided by mm -hmm. a different a change in equipment yep or, or some part or something like that yep so these are the things, so these are the things that are probably the cheapest to change that can actually have a, a big difference. So your helmet. Mm -hmm. Helmet is... The technology now has yeah. been huge. A lot of people 
consider the helmet to be the absolute biggest bang for your buck upgrade yeah. uh, out there. And the, but the thing is, the helmet has to match your riding style. So like, I thought you were going to say it has to match your your kit. It does have to match your kit too, <laughs> and your bike. And Sorry. Your okay. Yeah, riding style. Yeah. Correct. So, you know, if you're if you are um, just like an endurance rider, you might look toward like a a more aero road helmet mm-hmm. um, that can help a little bit. You know, unless you're always riding in like weather we ride in, which degrees, is horribly yeah. hot. Yeah, there's um, a there's a trade off between ventilation typically and aeroness yeah. of your of your helmet. So taking that into consideration, obviously. Yeah, but if we're talking time trial or triathlon, it has to match your riding style as far as the aggressiveness of your your bike position, because if you ride basically head down all the time and mm-hmm. you've got one of the really long tailed helmets, you're not doing yourself a lot of service there. Yep. Um, which is why you see so many people going toward the the stubby uh, rear helmets, short-tailed, or even like the uh, the bent tail helmets, where if you put your head down, it still has a bit of a uh, I would say foil across your across your back. Yep. Um, so just be conscious of like the type, how you ride, and the style of helmet that you're getting. But you know, for 150 to 250 bucks, upwards of 500 bucks, you can get a helmet that you know, over, I guess what they say, like over 40 K is like, can be 20 seconds, something like that. So yeah, depending on the speed you're traveling yeah, at, obviously, yeah, but yeah. yeah, but you know, even 10 seconds. And sometimes it's even more, it's even more than that 20. Right. You know, if you're, if you're really pushing, you know, higher speed levels. Yeah. And it depends on wind angle and, you know, or y'all, y'all. angle. You start talking y'all. Y'all. <laughs> we won't get into y'all too much, but. Um, uh, one thing to note there, especially, you know, for the more money conscious person, if you're a triathlete or someone who specifically does time trials and you, you can only afford to upgrade one helmet, keep whatever normal road helmet you've got. And then, like Dale was just saying, go actually invest in a time trial or triathlon yeah. specific aero helmet yep. um, versus riding something that's going to be like a dual helmet. If you're really concerned about performance and doing as best you can on race day, then get something that's actually designed for time trials or you know triathlons a true aero helmet and my my take there is unless you're racing you know you're racing in super hot weather all the time Mm -hmm. um make sure you get ear coverage and a face shield Mm -hmm. those are the two those are the two features that are help what do you say for like long course stuff iron iron man distance i mean it depends on where you're racing most of the time if you're racing in cooler weather um, a lot of the aero helmets, you know, I wouldn't go as far as like some of the big daddies, like the Cask Bambino and like some of those really dedicated TT helmets. Like very There's little no ventilation, ventilation at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but most companies are trying to balance that because no. they know triathletes are such a big part of the market. Yeah. So I would say most helmets, most like ones on the market right now are going to be fine mm-hmm. for, for triathletes unless it's like a Kona situation or, or something like that where you're going to want, you know, it's going to be blazing hot. Yeah. Um, some, you know, every so often like a Ironman Texas or, or sometimes at Florida, you know, it's going to be super hot. You're going to yeah. want a little bit more ventilation and some, some helmets out there have like adaptable ve- ventilation, um, 
I know that like the the Wing Fifty Seven or some of the Rudy Project helmets have um, you can take off, you can take out, and yeah. take out the piece, and it'll add to ventilation. Yeah. Um, so, if you know you're racing in hot weather, you will want to look toward a helmet with a little bit more ventilation, but still shield ear coverage. Yep. <clears throat> so that's helmet. Um, other big thing, my other big one is tires. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, don't th- I don't think people understand the the difference in rolling resistance of even just probably the two most common what two most common tires out there that I'm familiar with Gator Skins and the GP4000 S2 yeah uh, both continental same company yep. or now they got the 5000 they got the 5000 which is even less but your but the rolling resistance in those two tires is massive yeah like the drag coefficient of those two tires is massively different isn't it like a 50 watt difference at like 50k an hour i want to i want to say when i looked uh last i looked at it the testing was like um on a a 160 pound rider at 105 psi at like i forget 20 something miles 20 20, 40k an hour yeah yeah, it was yeah it was upward of like 40 watts yeah so if you're heavier or, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. it can make a huge difference. Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, so tires are huge. So, so definitely upgrade that before you upgrade <laughs> your bike and see how, yeah, see how it try, is. Yeah, try tires. If I, I spent all winter on the Schwalbe Marathon Kevlar reinforced wire beaded super <laughs> heavy tires. Yeah. And extremely noticeable difference yeah. when i went from that to once race season got here and i swapped to to more race tires yeah ridiculous the difference and how my perceived effort on the same ride like group rides perceived effort going from those tires to a lighter weight more uh race oriented yeah. lower lower resistance tire was it was crazy i mean i went through a season where i flatted out of like three break three winning breakaways mm-hmm. and uh, just got so fed up with it. I just started racing gator skins and just didn't think about it until a couple of times where I was like in a break and I was like, this seems way, way, way harder. Yeah. And, uh, and so finally I just changed back to the GP 4000s. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so much so faster. Much better. So, <laughs> so much better. Like it's, it's such a notice, noticeable difference. Mm-hmm. Granted you're trading off puncture resistance to some extent. Yeah, for sure. But, the the chances are for me they totally outweigh the you know or mm. you know yep. the benefit of having them outweighs the chances of getting flat. Mm-hmm. Um, so tires are my my number two. Uh, your clothing, clothing is a huge one. If you're if you're wearing jerseys or tri tops and bottoms or whatever that are too big for you. Or you know, are, are like flappy in the in the wind, especially in aero position. A lot of times, I've seen like tri tri tops or tri suits that fit great, like when you're standing straight up. But when you go into an aero position, it catches air and it's yep. like flopping around. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a huge huge difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you you know if you notice that your your clothing is flopping all over the place. And having clothing that breathes well enough that you can actually keep it zipped up and and tight, right? Where you don't have the jerseys flapping flapping behind you in the wind, yeah. Um, a, a performance benefit right there. Absolutely, yeah. There's 
you can be as fit as a fiddle, but mm -hmm. it's not going to help you if you overheat. Yeah. Uh, so clothing, clothing is a is a massive one. Uh, power meter. This goes yeah. back to like improving the engine versus improving the the equipment. Obviously, a power meter is a piece of equipment, but that's something that generally you can also transfer to a new bike. Yep. Um, but having a power meter, which is giving you actual data to let you know whether you are improving or not improving, is it a training related issue? Um, what's your power? You obviously different power meters can read differently, but if you're seeing massive differences in the power you're producing on a ride versus someone else who's maybe riding better than you, that could be a sign that yeah. there, there's efficient, there could be inefficiencies somewhere, whether it's the bike, the equipment, um, how you're managing your ride, uh, how well you're drafting, but it can allow you to start thinking about, okay, what, what am I doing wrong here or what needs to change to improve? Yeah. So power meters are huge in engaging how you're improving and how you're riding. So equipment changes and upgrades so far we've got, or training we put in there, training, helmets, clothing, tires, adding a power meter. I'd say that I'll just throw in there, getting a proper bike fit Mm -hmm. can make a huge yeah, difference. Your position on the bike, for uh, sure. Yeah. If you're not in a aero, fairly aero position, or even a comfortable position to create, to generate power uh, comfortably over a long period of time, uh, that can be a massive difference. Because that is the true key there. Like, you need to be able to produce power in an aero position, but there, there's that trade-off. Getting too aero shuts off power. Uh, being too upright may give you a little more power, but if you're a giant sale, you're, you know, it's, it's not going to be a performance benefit for you. Yeah. So you want to try to find that sweet spot of, of power relative to your aerodynamics. This is a very generalized statement, but I, I usually, when I'm fitting people, like, obviously, long course, we hinge on comfort. If it's mm -hmm. a long course style fit, hit on comfort. If it's somebody doing time trials 40K and below, then if you're not averaging over like 25, 28 miles an hour on these time trials, I'm going to hinge on comfort for the most part and have you like power production, power product, like focus on power production versus yeah. being super aero. Uh, because I mean, once you get above that mark, aero becomes a lot more important, exponentially mm -hmm. important. So um, that's what will hinge a little bit more on that. But, um, you know, if you're not one of those people that's consistently up over 25, 28 miles an hour on a time trial, I would hinge more on, on comfort and power production. Yeah. I would say over your, 20, yeah, your, 25 and below. Um, and even, you know, with that, like one of the most important parts of you going fast is your body position. So if you're someone that's budget conscious, you got a, a road bike and you're wanting to get to either triathlon or time trials, just buying some clip-on aero bars where you go from being yep. out wide to coming inside and closing that pocket down a little bit and dropping a little bit lower, yep. that's going to give you uh, uh, the biggest benefit of anything. Um, just getting into that more aero position because your body is the least aerodynamic part of the whole yep. system that we're talking about right now. By far. Um, so, so that would be a cheap way to kind of get into it. That's what I did initially. My next jump was I ended up getting a new road bike and then I just converted my old road bike 
uh, into my time trial bike. So I took, instead of going with clip-on aero bars, I took yeah. it up another notch and went to actual you know, triathlon or, or time trial specific yeah. aero bars on the front um, that allowed me to get a little bit lower still. And uh, I rode that for quite a while before I actually upgraded to a, an actual aero yeah. time trial yeah, if you're not if you're not spending a lot of time on a time trial bike, um, if you're not a triathlete and you you know as a cyclist you might do four or five time trials a year or something like that, um, people forget that you can take a fairly aero road frame, mm-hmm. change oh, now, yeah. change the cockpit, yep. and it's a really solid TT bike yep. because the road bikes now are so aggressive as it mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you can you can get into a decent position with it. Or you can do something like uh, there's a company out there called Redshift that makes a seat post that you can bring forward. Yep. And, and it doesn't change the effective seat height, mm-hmm. but it changes you forward and up. Uh, so you get that more aggressive time trial position. Um, so there's a lot of options there as well, um, rather than just having to buy a, a dedicated time trial bike. Yep. Um, you can just work with the stuff you already have. And again, in my mind, it was, okay, are my results... Like what kind of race was it? You know, for cycling, we have omniums or we have stage races. So stage races where it's timed, um, that can be one where, you know, every second really does count Um, versus like an omnium. You know, a lot of times if you finish seventh versus fifth in an omnium, it's a few points. And most of the points are in the road race and the criterium. So Mm -hmm. like getting an advantage and spending a ton of money to gain four points in an omnium that has you know, 50 points total isn't, isn't really that much value. Now, once you start getting to the point where you're losing by one point or two points, then that in my mind was like, okay, now it's, now it's an important time to change it. So once it was impacting overall results. Yeah. So the, the last, um, bit talk wheels already. We're getting there. That's where I'm going. Okay. So this is the one that's like on the edge. It's the teeter totter. It is. Um, I, in my opinion, if you're if you're if you're wanting a dedicated set of race wheels most of the time it's better to look at trying to get the new complete bike that has those wheels because you're going to get such a better deal on them mm-hmm. but if performance is your is what you're going for and you don't have like a disc wheel a disc wheel is something that you can upgrade they're not totally they're not cheap per se but that's not something you're going to get on a new bike anyway unless you're you know there's a couple out there now that'll throw it in there but um you're not going to get a disc wheel on a new bike and you know um granted you only ride a disc wheel on race day Mm -hmm. um or if you're somebody we know going out and getting koms (laughs) (laughs) But, Who shall rename nameless? <laughs> and an option there as well, again, budget conscious, uh, you can do the, the, the rear disc, wheel cover. Yeah, yeah, the disc cover. So that uh, disc wheel can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. If you're, especially if you're riding, you may have some fairly aero wheels, like some 40 or 50 millimeter uh, deep dish carbon wheels. But if you throw a disc wheel on the back, it's 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 an advantage. Yeah. It's a big Especially advantage. Especially if you start getting above that, you know, 23, 24, yeah. 25, once you start getting up there. And people want to bash on disc wheels and crosswinds, but, I mean... I'm, I've never had I've never issue. had a problem. It's usually Granted, the front I'm the wheel. the smallest human. Yeah. yeah. 
It's usually the front wheel that push you all over the place. Yeah. And realistically, unless it's a dead crosswind, a, a disc is going to be supreme. Yeah. Because it can help. It can help actually create propulsion. And not not factored into that is the placebo effect of hearing a disc. If oh, you've yeah. never heard a disc while you're riding and that whoa, 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 yeah. automatically you're like, yeah. Fast. You hear somebody coming, you're like, uh-huh. oh, yeah. Is that, is that an airplane? <laughs> or, yeah, disc wheel placebo effect. Yeah. So that's something to consider. All right, so we'll, we'll transition into the things that are kind of like the the no-brainer uh, areas of you might as well just get a new new bike, mm-hmm. new complete bike. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the big the big obvious one is a, is a frame. Like if you're looking to either get a more aero frame or transition from a road bike to a, tr- a tri or a TT bike, or like you're on a bike that has down tube shifters, <laughs> you know, weighs 40 pounds yep. or something like that. Doesn't fit you. Like uh, yeah. a lot of times it happens where a bike you initially I either sold on or you bought it from a friend or whatever because yep. you're wanting to get into it. If that bike just does not fit you. Yep. There's no reason in trying to upgrade that bike. You'd yep. be better off getting something that's going to keep gonna... you comfortable and in a in a better aerodynamic position like we just talked about or a better position for you um, versus anything else. You are going to perform so much better mm-hmm. on a bike that actually fits you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so big, big weight differences. Yeah. I would say just look into getting a complete bike. I mean, it, that, in today's world of bike frames a lot of like the the nicer bike frames we're only talking you know a few grams here and there like 20 30 grams uh you know really nice bike frames are what 700 grams something like that like 750 grams less than two pounds so um if you're looking if your bike like legitimately weighs 22 23 plus pounds you know then yeah i would look at the complete bike because if you go into frame and just swapping components onto a new frame you're going to end up spending a bunch of money yeah um and and you'll probably later down the road end up upgrading those components Mm -hmm. and then that's just gonna it's just gonna add up so if it's a frame situation by size by weight um, or you're going for a different style mm-hmm. aero frame or time trial or triathlon frame, yep. just go with the new bike. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer. Um, and I've been hearing a lot of rave reviews on the more aero frame sets now. Um, a lot of folks saying that they can tell a difference in going from a more standard rounded tube setup to a yeah. uh, an aero frame, like noticeable differences. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the aero frames are also stiffer. Mm-hmm. Like super stiff. So um just because a lot of times there's more tube. Mm-hmm. There's more tube there. So oh, yeah. the whole the whole deal is stiffer. It does not flex as much in. <clears throat> yeah. So um, you know, other thing, like Brian said, if the bike doesn't fit you, no you know that it doesn't fit you. Uh you bar you know, you bought it used or bought it from a friend or something and you just it was just your first bike or you bought it off the floor uh, of a bike shop and you know, maybe weren't fit on it properly, sized on it. Uh, that's a no That was my first, uh, experience. Yeah. Was the shop owner. No one here in town, uh, yeah. was wanting to get rid of a 62 and put me on the 
62. Put you on a 62, huh? Mm-hmm. And you're what now? On a 58? I'm, uh, yeah, now we're at a 58. Yeah. So, yeah. So if that's the case, it's it, you will perform, again, so much better mm-hmm. on the right size bike. Yep. Um, and if you start thinking, like, I'm, I want to upgrade wheels and I want to upgrade my whole group set, like... Well, that's the next part I was going to is drivetrain. Yeah. Drivetrain parts are the most expensive parts, like, collectively. Yeah, one-off buys. Yeah, on on a bike. So, if you're considering, like, if you're you're wanting to go from, like, 10 to 11 speed, Mm -hmm. or, like, 11 to now the new, like, 12 speed, like, Axis or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you might as well just find it on a new bike. Yeah. I mean, unless you love the frame that you have. Mm-hmm. And it's and it yeah. You know. If you've just upgraded your bike, odds are you got a group set you wanted anyway. Yeah. Uh, and you don't really need to upgrade the group set for huge performance gains. Yeah. Um, I've not heard many people who've upgraded from like a ten to like an Ultegra to a Durace group set, say that went. Oh yeah, that was totally worth. That it. was a huge performance performance gain for me. Except for like the the jump from like mechanical to electronic on my TT bike. Like I mentioned a few ago. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I mean, that's the, you know, there, the weight difference differential really isn't there. Like mm-hmm. it's not that much light, you know, like heavier or lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think even maybe ETAP is lighter than, um, like the ETAP red is lighter than mechanical to some extent i don't know it's but it's not it's not a huge weight difference Mm -hmm. there so if you're upgrading like dry an entire drivetrain to try to shave off 100 grams you're do all the other things we've talked about first yeah (laughs) so drive drivetrain is usually the one where i tell people just find a new a bike that you like because you're probably going to get with that new bike you'll get new wheels you'll get new everything else as well so yep. you might as well i mean drivetrain drivetrains can easily cost 2500 bucks mm-hmm. you know for a whole whole complete drivetrain yep so yeah and if um, you're going from like say the i mean there's there's a lot of people selling like wheel sets now that they either won't or can't convert to 11 speed so if you think about you know you upgraded recently or previously to say something that's uh 10 speed compatible, but you can't go to 11 speed or people going to disc brakes now. Um, you know, there's that question as, as well, you know, yeah. do you go to disc brake? Is there a performance benefit in that? Uh, if you look at the tour de France, if you watch the stage, uh, where Alaphilippe was gaining so much time on the downhills where he saved his yellow Jersey, uh, you know, listening to the announcers, they're like, that was very much him riding disc brakes. And being able to break so much later into corners yeah. was a performance benefit for him. He's also insane. He's also crazy. Yeah. But something to think about there. But if you're a, considering like disc brake versus going over from a rim brake. Well, that goes again, back to like frame. frame changes. Like yeah. if you're going to a different style, if you're looking for a different style, you have no choice mm-hmm. but to change to exactly. a new a new bike. Yep. Um, so... Um, the last one we already kind of talked about is wheels and wheels. If you're looking for a complete, like if you're wanting, if you're thinking about upgrading your um, bike or buying a set of race wheels to maybe make your present bike. Um, if you're looking at like, 
you can find like carbon race wheels, decent ones. I'm not talking like China, like straight from China or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but decent, like well-built wheels for 1100 bucks, 1200 bucks for the set. And they'll probably be somewhere between 40 and, uh, 65 mil deep dish wheels. Um, but if you're, if you're like one of those, like you want like the envy wheels with Chris King hubs and, and stuff like that, then if you're going to spend that kind of money, you might as well just buy the, the frame that's going to have them on it because you're going to, you're going to probably save a thousand bucks, uh, by buying, you're not going to, you're going to spend more, but mm-hmm. you're also going to get everything else new as well. Mm-hmm. New drivetrain, new frame, new everything. Um, but you're like on that wheel set, you know, estimated, we'll probably save a thousand bucks on that wheel set um, yeah. by getting it on a complete bike. Yeah. That. And if you're considering any other component as well, you know, yeah. it's going to be the more new stuff that you're wanting. If you're thinking new group set, if you're thinking new wheels, like getting a new frame is something where the frame price ends up dropping so much mm-hmm. because of of how much you would have spent on the wheels and the components if you're doing piecemeal stuff. So yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, if you're thinking about doing multiple upgrades to things um, on high end items, then yep. going all in on a new bike uh, is something that value wise uh, is going to yep. make sense for you. My, my strategy is just don't, don't keep a bike for more than two years. <laughs> Trade them out. I'm on the opposite side of this. I'm like the, <laughs> Ride it till it dies. Uh, wow. Where what can I upgrade in pieces to uh, get occasional improvements? For me, it was always uh, I wanted my position to be right, um, and then wheel tire combo. If I could just do that upgrade, and usually, I mean, if you've been in the race community for a while, and there's a lot of online groups now. Like you can buy used stuff. So if you're someone looking to to do this on the cheap. Um, do the smaller stuff we were talking about, do the helmet, do the, get the properly fitted clothing, um, play around with it. If you're riding box wheels, you're going to get a gain going to a 40, 50, 60 mil yep. tire versus riding like, you know, the box rim. Yeah. yeah with, with 28 or 32 yeah. spokes on it. Um, so making that change, um, and for someone who's thinking about that, who's budget conscious, obviously doing it used is going to be cheaper you just want to make sure you're getting it from someone that either you know you know that it's not been totally destroyed prior to you using it um lightly used everything online is lightly used lightly used on the trainer only uh only used (laughs) on the trainer yeah which good or bad thing there uh that usually means it's soaked in in salt and probably eroding front end is destroyed from all the sweat yeah (laughs) for sure yeah, be cautious if somebody labels a bike exactly trainer only. Mm-hmm. And if you have questions on like any specific stuff, like your setup that you've currently got versus some of the things you're thinking about doing, just either post them in the comments if you've watched this later on at YouTube or Facebook or yep. um, shoot us an email or whatever. We're happy to help. We do answer that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're and, happy to help. And if you have any questions too, you can specific questions, you can send them to coach at buildpeakandbeat.com or or couch, couch. or couch yeah. coach or couch <laughs> set them both up please no one's sent one to, to couch i don't believe have they i don't think anybody's sent one to couch if yet. someone could please send an email to couch at build peak compete <laughs> just to make sure it works I don't know. just to make sure it, it works. might not work i don't know cool. all right 
I think that's all we got. If we missed anything, let us know. If you disagree with any of our uh, advice on this topic. Shut your pie hole. Let us know. <laughs> let us know as well. Let me know. Email it to couch at yeah. buildpeakandpeat.com. All right, friends. All right. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks for sitting with us, listening, watching, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Adios.